Welcome to Love from the Hip presents the Conscious Coaching Hour. I am intuitive medium, spiritual coach, and your host, Sakura Sutter. I am also the host of Love from the Hip. And I am forgiveness coach, author, and your host, Brenda Reese. And I am transformational coach, author, and your host, Rory Reich. There is great power in the number three. It is not only the number our brains remember most, but it is also the triad, as it, continu- it contains a beginning, a middle, and an end. It represents wholeness. And what better way to absorb information than from the power of three coaches? We created this show with the intention of assisting you in awakening your intuition and inner coach and to help you live your best life. We'll have real conversations and share our personal experiences along the way. At the close of the show, we'll also offer up our own personal coaching techniques as well. Today's topic is complacency. Complacency can be defined as a feeling of smug or uncritical satisfaction with oneself or one's achievements. It can be seen as both positive and negative. It is said to be the enemy of success, yet it takes great success to have it. And while it implies a sense of contentment, it can prevent one from doing more or trying harder. Not to mention the smug attitude can make one take everything for granted, including their job, peers, partner, things, and or circumstances. There is no doubt that the pandemic encouraged a lot of us to change our jobs, relationships, schedules, pastimes, priorities, and mindset even. But for many, there was no motivation nor desire to change anything at all, not even in those very areas of their lives which were no longer serving them. Many became complacent. And as a result, we, collectively, have been experiencing the negative ramifications of this. Businesses are operating with minimal staffing, having to reduce their hours of operation. Employees, especially those who chose to stay in these jobs they truly do not like, are more burnt out, upset, and on autopilot, resulting not only in poor customer service, but also more hostile, toxic, and unsafe work environments. In the end, waits are longer, prices are higher, employees are calling out sick, and experiences overall are less than ideal. Throw a recession on top of that, and while people then feel more inclined to stay at home, the very thing we wanted to get away from during the pandemic. It is important to note, however, that complacent people can thrive socially and economically, but still be unhappy and depressed. The reason being is that they are not checking in with themselves to identify their likes and dislikes. As a result, complacent people feel as though everything is out of their control and that they are just merely victims. In fact, many psychologists believe complacency is the byproduct of victimization, resulting in depression. It can give people the false sense that they are indeed improving or advancing in their life, when really they are not. Perhaps to better understand complacency, it is helpful to explain the concept known in psychology as locus of control. People who have more of an internal locus of control grasp the power of their own actions, choices, thinking, and attitudes when it comes to shaping their own destiny, while people who have more of an external locus of control feel like outside sources, like that of God, society, family, and the government, for example, are running the show. As a result, people with an external locus of control feel as though they don't have a say in their own destiny and therefore are depressed. The pandemic was the perfect recipe for complacency, especially for people who have more of an external locus of control, hence the presence of severe polarity, fear, blame, and hatred around the world. The irony of it all is that when we humans were faced with mortality, so many of us still chose to not step into our own lives and live. It is no wonder why it is said that complacency is the poison that kills us slowly and that comfort is the true plague of humanity. Stay tuned for this episode of the Conscious Coaching Hour, where we will be exploring complacency and share ways to recognize it, understand it, and overcome it. The passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging, but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space, compassion, and especially someone who works across the veil. Allow Sakura Sutter, multidimensional channeler and intuitive medium, to be your spiritual guide with the other side. No matter if you choose to communicate with your transitioned loved ones to help you with the grieving process, or connect with spiritual, galactic, and other light beings to explore and dive in more on your spiritual path, 
Sakura can assist you. Not only does Sakura channel insightful messages, but she also incorporates her metaphysical tools to help you move through blocks and unprocessed emotions and feelings, providing you with a closure, relief, and new mindset to move forward. So don't hesitate to take your first step towards healing so you can start living your life once again. Remote sessions available. Contact Sakura at sakurasutter.com. That's S-A-K-U-R-A-S-U-T-T-E-R.com. A health crisis is one of the most challenging situations we will experience in our lifetime. It leaves us frightened, confused, and asking, why did this happen to me? Transformational coach Rory Reich experienced his healing crisis when the life he had so carefully constructed came crumbling down around him. The universe had offered him a challenge. He chose to accept it and to rediscover who he was before it was too late. In his book, Transform Yourself Through Disease, Rory shares his personal journey alongside eight practical steps to help those who are stuck realize their self-impairing beliefs and discover ways of transforming them so they can reclaim their health and create the life of their dreams. Don't let your health crisis define you. Take the next step and transform yourself today. For a free life coaching consultation, contact Rory at RoryReich.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-E-I-C-H dot com. Is your tween starting to experience a change in their skin? Want to get them on an easy at-home routine and have good skin hygiene? Allow Sakura Skin in Mind to help your tween out. This brief, deep cleansing and educational 35-minute facial is just enough to get your tween, ages 10 to 12 years old, started off in the right direction. Sakura Skin in Mind uses the latest in the clinical skincare industry to care for your tween the right way. Sakura Skin in Mind, treating skin out there with an ounce of treatment and a pound of protection. Call 206-730-7429 or go to sakuraskinandmind.com. Peach fuzz is great if it's on a peach. Let Sakura Skin and Mind remove unsightly hair with dermaplaning. Although its primary purpose is to remove layers of dead skin, it's just one of the added benefits leaving your skin baby smooth, safe, effective, fast and affordable. What a concept! Sakura Skin and Mind wants you to look your very best, and dermaplaning is just one tool in their chest. Find out about dermaplaning at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A, skinandmind.com. We bring out the healthy skin and healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. Welcome back to Love from the Hip presents the Conscious Coaching Hour. I am intuitive medium, spiritual coach, and your host, Sakura Sutter. I am also the host of Love from the Hip. And I am forgiveness coach, author, and your host, Brenda Reese. And I am transformational coach, author, and your host, Roy Reich. On today's show, we're discussing complacency. If you have a question or need some advice, message us directly on our Facebook page, Love from the Hip. That's H-Y-P. What an intro, <laughs> Sakura, that it, you, you hit on all of them, right? It was so good um, because the first thing that hit me was the customer service. That's, mm-hmm. you know, of that complacency of people. I'm, I'm just so witnessing such a difference. Mm-hmm. After the pandemic, I mean, it's kind of like, or even now in the changing of people's minds and abilities, it's like they're, they're not even present. They're just going through the motion. And, and I, I do believe part of it's generational. However, yeah, still having worked retail and customer service mm-hmm. my life, you know, I, I can witness that it's changed a lot dramatically. Yeah, because when I worked in it, I mean, we were trained differently, Mm -hmm. too. But I think it is generational. But even with people that have been doing it for a long time, I'm noticing a shift Mm -hmm. in that. And also when you talked about, you know, the people, their likes, not not being aware of their likes and dislikes. That's what I'm noticing, too, with clients and with different people. It's like they don't even know. No, they don't know who they are. They don't know who they are. And that's the biggest thing that came up to me with this topic was Mm self-awareness, you know, which you talked about in there, which I really liked. And also, I like comfort is the true plague of humanity. Mm -hmm. Jeez, I thought that's what we were going for was comfort. (laughs) Right? (laughs) What do you think, Rory? Well, I'm I'm wondering what you think the underlying issue is when you talk about people in retail and this kind of attitude and this complacency, because as you said, it is, it's very prevalent. Mm-hmm. But what's at the what's at the bottom of it, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not only in retail. Of right? course, of course, that's a good example, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And you hear a lot about that in the media. I'm just curious what what's what's going on, like at the root that's mm-hmm. causing so many people to act and feel that way right now. I would say, from my own experience, having worked ten years in Starbucks or for Starbucks, <laughs> you meet people from all different, you know, 
styles of life yeah. and all different ages. And I, I do believe that it becomes, those types of jobs become more of a transition, right? Mm-hmm. That's how they're set up to look or, or be anyway, but they don't always end up being that way. And that's when people get really frustrated or angry and mostly at them at themselves, but then they outwardly take it out on clients, right, and customers. Seems like we're also in a, a time when being more honest about your feelings in a negative way publicly is, is accepted. Well, yeah. Right? <laughs> it is. Mm-hmm. It's almost glorified. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that's contributing to this kind of mass existence of complacency that's happening. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's we're in a very big transition time. I think we're in this place, I call it a void, in between where we have been and where we're going. And, and it's so uncomfortable that the first thing we go is negative, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so it's like, I'm uncomfortable and, and they don't know what to do with it, They're un self-aware. And so therefore they attack or they like project it out, project yeah. it. Thank you. They project it more in that, I'm going to call it negative way versus kind of going, huh, I wonder, like you talked about the locus of control, the internal mm-hmm. locus of control of what do I have control of here? And what do I not? And how do I project it in a more way that I can get some help around it? Yeah. yeah and if I don't like my situation, what am I going to do to change well, it? Exactly. Just... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I do. So, Brenda, in what area of life has complacency shown up for you? So complacency came to me in my corporate job. Before doing the coaching, I was complacent in the sense that I needed to work. I had to be there, even though it was very uncomfortable. The work environment was toxic, but I needed to stay. So when we look at complacency, I really, um, I understood the fear part of complacency. So, I mean, we talked about, you know, having it be more overconfidence and that kind of thing, but mine was different. Mm -hmm. So it was more, I'm just going to find a way to be okay here and put up with this. And I just felt myself going more numb. My body started showing up, you know, with more ailments because of this complacency and so-called comfort. I just thought that that's what I had to do. And that's how it showed up for me um, until my body couldn't, until I couldn't do it. And I had to have surgery. Mm -hmm. I had to make a change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, Rory, how about you? I don't think there's an area in my life where I haven't been complacent. <laughs> and when I think about complacency, you know, I don't think about the, the smug part. I think it was just a, I kind of stopped trying, mm-hmm. right? You get overwhelmed, whether it's yep. you get overwhelmed at your job and you're just burnt out and you're tired. or Maybe you're in a relationship that's not going very well and mm-hmm. you just kind of stop trying because mm-hmm. you don't know what else to do. And so for me, it really just shows up. Probably, across, I mean, if I thought about any area in the past, I'm sure complacency has shown up at some point of just me feeling overwhelmed. And that could just be, you know, thinking about the past two to three years. I mean, life is just really overwhelming right now. Yes. You think about COVID, you think about the economy. I mean, that's mm-hmm. years and years and years of external stress mm-hmm. that is obviously going to affect every area of your life. Mm-hmm. And so I think of complacency almost like a checking out sometimes of just like, I can't deal with this well, anymore. Like, yeah, like Brenda was saying, going numb. Yeah. You're going numb. That yeah. was that was my go-to. Was just, mm-hmm. You go numb and you just deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost just like a coping mechanism just to survive at some point. Yeah, it's true. You made me now think about all my marriages. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I think it's such an ambiguous word. You know, yeah. it, it does have so much positive and it does have so much negative. And I do believe it shows up where you need the most lessons. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's it had always been in relationships. You know, it was like, oh, no, I'm just going to hang out just for maybe one more trip to Mexico or one more Christmas with this person or whatever it was. Right. When it was just going downhill fast. But I had always been a people pleaser and I didn't like confrontation Mm -hmm. and complacency kept me from doing, you know, from being a people. It made me a people pleaser, but it also kept me from having the confrontation because I was more adapting to however they wanted me to be. Oh, I can't relate to that at no, all. No, not at all. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> so when you found out about complacency, did you know you were being complacent, Brenda? You know, I didn't really use that word yeah. um, at all. Uh, my word was stuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel stuck, and I didn't know what to do. Um, and so 
but the difference was is like I I knew there was a there was an awakening that happened. There was a, a time where I went, oh, I'm not happy here. Either way, because my job was also my relationships. Mm-hmm. When you talked about lessons, thank you for bringing that up because that was a con- I wasn't getting it right. right in the marriage. Even though I was get, got went through the divorce, but the boss was just like the ex husband, so I needed more lesson there. But I just, but I had to put up with it, the people pleaser, the, you know, just go numb and deal with it. Um, And so that's when, but there was a point where I I realized I'm not happy here. Instead of putting, you know, there was a a shift in my mindset of, oh, wait a minute, I'm not happy. And I think that that shift is what helped me start to look around. Mm -hmm. It opens up to the universe like, oh, maybe she's ready to listen now, you know. And, and so you're really looking at yourself, right? Yeah. You're pulling yourself out of everything. That's when I started to realize that I'm the common denominator here. Mm-hmm. I am, I was externally focused. And I started to wake up to that. How about you, Rory? Yeah, I mean, you, you use the word stuck. I think I would use the word overwhelmed mm-hmm. in those situations. And when I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about, you know, not having a clear direction forward, right? You get in these situations where you feel overwhelmed. And I think about like in a relationship where maybe you're trying mm-hmm. and nothing's working and you're not getting along. And that, and I think about people being complacent in relationships. And I don't think you're complacent in happy relationships. No, because no, you all. are enjoying yourself. And, and there's and intention. You, yeah. And you it. could think about the same thing with a career or a job. It's when you get to that place where you are unhappy and maybe you don't see solutions in front of you that you start to kind of get complacent or feel stuck or mm-hmm. feel overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And so that's really the way I, that's the word I would choose to use, although it's very similar to being stuck. Right? Yeah, I put overwhelm in there too, because yeah. when I, do, uh, yeah, it's the same thing. I think it also gives you a false sense of safety and security. Yeah. Which part? Complacency. Oh. Yeah. Say more about that. Yeah, say more about that. No, in relationships where I was complacent, which I didn't know it was complacency, as you were saying, Brenda. I just was going through the motions. But I felt just toxically safe (laughs) and secure. Right? Yeah, It was providing shelter for me, and I had a relationship. It served a purpose. It checked some of the, you know, (laughs) the boxes on the list. It's like having a job. You may not love it, but you have a job, and it pays your bills. So why go out and struggle to find a new one? Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I like that false sense of safety because that's very true. Because in relationship, you know, you you have, it it, it goes both ways. You can have that toxic false sense of safety, but then in an okay relationship, right, where you've just kind of started to grow apart or whatever, you still have that so-called safety. Mm -hmm. Two, which people can consider as positive. It's right. like, yeah, I feel safe, secure here, so why do anything different? We'll just keep existing. Status quo. Even though nobody's super happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. A, yeah, that's true. So having been sick, and that was kind of your awareness as to the, mm-hmm. the complacency, are you pretty aware of it now? Or do you still deal with it at all, Brenda? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> totally overcome. <clears throat> no. I. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, I do. And um, I think that I do in the sense of when I question um, my next move or where I want to go to or moving forward, what I've noticed over the last year, year and a half, is that I do go back to that safety place. Mm-hmm. I go, I just pull away. And, and part of you can say, I mean, it's contemplative, it's reflective, but I don't do anything. And yeah. I think, and it's that safety of just cruising. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. It's like, that's what I've noticed. And as we were, t- you know, thinking about this topic, I'm like, oh. Is it, is it going back to that programming that you had about keeping yourself small? Or not observing something? Be- that's because that's a word that was coming to mind was mm-hmm. the programming. I go back to that programming. Mm-hmm. Keeping myself little, not being seen, not being hurt, safe. Right. Right, that so-called safety, and because there's so many ways to go, overwhelmed, Rory. That's how mm-hmm. I felt, and it's like I don't know which way to go, so I'm just gonna be okay right here. Mm-hmm. But then you stay there, right, until you're ready to do something. But I guess I had to pull myself out. Right. How about you? Go ahead. Oh yeah, it creeps in 
just like you were saying, I think it's those self-limiting beliefs that come in and, mm-hmm. no, I can't do this. I'm, I'm not good enough, that kind of thing. Um, and, and just like you, Brenda, it was illness that finally made me step into my life, right, and come out of complacency. But, yeah, it still creeps in. I'm human. <laughs> yeah. What about for you, Rory? Yeah, I mean, thinking about this, I, I would really boil it down to living in fear versus coming from a place of love. Mm-hmm. Like when you're living in fear, mm-hmm. you shut down and you become complacent, yep. right? And right. it's hard to, I mean, when you're in that place, you could call it anxiety, you could call it fear, you call it a whole mm-hmm. bunch of things. But when you're in that place, it's really hard to get excited or motivated about anything in life, right? Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. so I think, you know, as we're talking, like at the root is really that fear. And if you mm-hmm. can dispel that fear, learn to exist outside of that fear, then I think anything becomes possible. But, I, you know, that's definitely one of the things that I think has to be addressed first is, is getting to the root of that, that emotion and what's causing that in any area of your life. True. And yeah. I think to add to the fear, Rory, is that we just all have to contend with the fact that we have collective PTSD. Okay. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. complacency is a symptom of PTSD. I mean, we see it with our first responders way before COVID, but complacency happens all the time in the workplace, even for them, yeah. military personnel as well. I think it's just a symptom of modern day existence. I mean, I'm sure it's always been around, but it's such a, at least in our society, such a fast paced society, lots of pressure, lots of stress, mm-hmm. really focused on what are you doing? What are you achieving? How do you look? What do you own? Like, there's just a lot of pressure that we all deal with every single day. And we don't think about it. We're just so used to it, right? Mm -hmm. But I think over time, it just, like you said, that adds up. And then COVID and pandemics and recessions and wars. (laughs) And I mean. Layer upon layer. Right. Yeah. yeah. And we just, we just kind of don't think that that's affecting us every day. But of course it is. Yeah. Becoming aware of that over this last year as I've been you know, looking at relationship and business and <clears throat> how I want to be mm-hmm. in life. And I don't want to feel that way. I, that it was like years and years of pressure and just noticing it really increasing and causing my nervous system to be anxious Yeah, and wanting to, my go-to is freeze, right? You were right. talking about PTSD. It's like freeze. And so overcoming that, I've had to be really aware of it and being able to then because we can be aware but then we need to take some action right you know and and that's what i noticed i just started looking at what are my thoughts what are my thoughts around this it's like okay what do you like to do what do you not like to do kind of what you talked about in the intro that was really like basic Mm -hmm. but it was important for me through like the pandemic stuff and all that it's like okay and even lately it's like okay what really lights me up all right, let's take a simple step towards that. So switching up. Yeah, like it's, our an oppor- or- it's an opportunity to change. It right? is. As, as negative as complacency can be, mm-hmm. it's just signaling to you that it's time to well, make yeah. a change. Well, yeah, and I sit in it until I get sick enough right. <laughs> to, you know, yeah. to go, okay, what do I have some control over? What yeah. do I? Yeah, no, I love that because instead of maybe potentially addressing the problem in front of you, like let's say it's your relationship, mm-hmm. right? right? But maybe you are in a place of complacency. Right. Maybe you're a place of fear. Maybe you're a place in being shut down. Maybe your nervous system is overwhelmed. What are the things that you can do to address that? Yeah, what do you have control right? over? Right, before you even get to like, I'm going to like <laughs> revamp right. my entire relationship. It's like, well, what's going on inside you that's making you not even want to make an effort? Well, mm-hmm. and you can't get to the root when you're in the complacency, mm. I couldn't. No, because it feels yeah, overwhelming. It's overwhelming. Right? Yeah. yeah. And you feel stuck and you feel, yeah. ooh. And, how and do you so yeah. if you can get yourself a level up from that or two, yeah. then you can kind of look at the whole thing and go, oh, oh, it's my limiting belief. Or maybe I need to ask for what I need. Yeah. <laughs> and it all goes back to the external locus of belief, right? Mm-hmm. That everything is out of your control, that you're a victim. Right? Yeah. So control what you can, which is you. Yeah. So who are you? Nobody wants to go there. <laughs> Shh, don't, don't. It, but it's also hard, right? I mean, it is. like, you know, even I know lots of people that suffer from anxiety. And even <gasps> when you're living in that, it's mm-hmm. really challenging to have that feeling dissipate or change. And it keeps you stuck. 
in that state, right? Yeah. And so it's, I don't think it's that people don't want to. Uh, of course, a lot of people would rather just take a pill that makes it, <laughs> but, because that would yeah, make yeah. it easier, right? At least mm-hmm. it'd have some relief, but it is, yeah. it is challenging. Yeah. Well, I think that's human nature of too. Course. Let's, let's do the easier way, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And, but it doesn't, it doesn't make it wrong for those of us that do that or, to, you know, get no. some help because I think some of us need that help. Like you were talking anxiety. It gives you I know some people. relief, right? It gives some relief. relief. Right. So then they can look exactly. and be willing to look at themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, with that, we're going to take a quick break. But everyone stay tuned for more of the Conscious Coaching Hour. And if you have a question about complacency or would like an intuitive message, message us directly on our Facebook page, Love from the Hip. That's HYP. Your skin is your body's largest organ. Care for it properly, starting with your face. Sakura Skin and Mind offers several clinical facial treatments to help stimulate collagen production, eliminate toxins, boost circulation, and deeply cleanse. See a new you in your mirror. Clinical facials range from $90 and up. Do your face a favor. Sakura Skin and Mind, erasing wrinkles one clinical facial at a time. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. U-R-A, skinandmind.com. Taking care of your body's largest organ can be difficult, but not for Astera Skincare Mist. This topical skin spray supports your skin's own natural healing defenses. Astera Skincare Mist is a light misting spray, free of parabens, alcohol, toxins, and fragrance. This all-natural topical skin spray will take the woe out of your skincare worries without clogging your pores. Irritation, inflammation, redness, post-procedure sensitivities? No problem. With Astera Skincare Mist, you can continue about your day without the skin dismay. Acne, rosacea, psoriasis, sunburns, rashes, and fungus? Don't let these skin concerns inconvenience you. Instead, let Astera Skincare Mist allow you to be happy in the skin you're in. Available at Sakura Skin and Mind. Learn more at asteracare.com. That's E-S-T-H-E-R-A, care.com. Microneedling is a revolutionary treatment that can help reduce the appearance of acne scars, fine lines, pigmentation, wrinkles, even improve the appearance of stretch marks by stimulating collagen and elastin. Sakura Skin and Mind specializes in this procedure that jumpstarts your body's natural healing process. Sakura Skin and Mind believes in not only keeping the skin up to date with the latest trends in the skincare industry, but also keeping the skin beautiful, fast, pretty, painless, and affordable. Find out more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com. Welcome back to Love from the Hip presents the Conscious Coaching Hour. I'm intuitive medium, spiritual coach, and your host, Sakura Sutter. I am also the host of Love from the Hip. And I'm forgiveness coach, author, and your host, Brenda Reese. And I'm transformational coach, author, and your host, Rory Reich. On today's show, we're discussing complacency. If you have a question or need some advice, message us directly on our Facebook page, Love from the Hip. That's H-Y-P. All right. Well, let's go to some of the messages we received for today's show. Eric, can you help us out? Sure. Lydia from South Africa says, I've been in a relationship for quite a while and it feels comfortable. There seems to be a distance between us, uh, though. It feels like we're going through the motions. This isn't working for me anymore. Any advice? Mm. Yeah, relationships. (laughs) Like we were just talking about, mm-hmm. um, we all get that way. And so I think it's that getting that stuck feeling or that sense of safety. Right. Like we talked about, not in so-called in a negative way, but just in this I'm comfortable way mm-hmm. and been there. Yeah. And so, you know, it's about communication um, and expressing that because that's the one thing I think we forget to do. Right? right. You agree. I mean, we it's like we forget to do that because we all change in relationship. Each one of us, so our needs, our wants change, and we can get stuck in a rut, and that's kind of that complacency. Mm -hmm. So, you know, finding what brings us joy is important, but also spending time together is really valuable. Those date nights, there's a reason we, you know, this, every psychologist suggests it in a relationship, is you need that time together to discover what's new with each other. Mm -hmm. And reconnect. And reconnect. Yeah. And also just to kind of do something new mm-hmm. together. Complement each other. That's the other thing. We get away from, we take it for granted. 
And we, you know, we say, you know, it's like, it's so funny. It's like, if I say to my husband, thanks for taking out the garbage, he just glows, <laughs> you know, or yeah. thanks for emptying the dishwasher or thank you so much for doing that. It makes a difference and mm-hmm. he feels better. Yeah. What do you guys think? I just worry about the, the time that they've been disconnected, mm-hmm. Lydia yeah. and her partner. I'm just worried, like how you bring that back together, right? Mm. Is, is therapy even an option right now? Yeah. And then sometimes I know I have done this in the past in past relationships where if somebody wasn't was ignoring me in the relationship just to be spiteful, I would ignore them back. And it was just this continuous yeah. cycle. Right. And so how to break that as well. That awareness. Right. right. Of what you're doing, what your pattern is mm-hmm. to do, to protect yourself. And also checking in. Are you settling? Mm-hmm. Are you tolerating more than you should? Mm-hmm. Is it time to move on? Ooh, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know human beings, we adapt to our circumstances. And if you think about like a job, once you get a job, maybe you're excited about it and you work really hard. And over time, you get used to it. Take maybe, it for granted. Well, maybe you don't need to work as hard. Mm-hmm. But think about like what would make you want to work hard again? Mm-hmm. Either A, <laughs> something changes in the job and you're excited again. Mm-hmm. Or B, there's some consequences if you don't change. Mm-hmm. So you think about it like in a relationship, we adapt we stop trying quite as hard. It's, mm-hmm. it's human nature. Yeah, we take people for granted. Right? So I think there needs to, there needs to be one, like you said, some conversation about it, yeah. some awareness, and that both parties agree, like, yes, we want to change it. That's mm-hmm. the most important thing. You don't have that, it's going to be impossible. But I think there needs to be some, you know, a little bit of like that consequence and tension of like, we have to change this. Mm-hmm. What's your motivation? Are you motivated to stay in this relationship? Are you motivated to keep this job? Because... Without motivation, like, we're not at our best, right? We try when there's a reason to try, when there's circumstances, and when people get complacent. When you get too comfortable and you don't have that motivation, yeah, right? Well, and sometimes I think when our job, when there's so much going on at our job, then we become even more complacent in our relationship, right? Oh, yeah. Because we just don't have the time or the energy Mm -hmm. to deal with that. I think a relationship, I mean, it's just like a job. You never have, you, you always have to show up. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, it takes effort. Well, that's, and that's what I mean. the, Yeah, that's the other thing that people don't really, it's reminding ourselves that that relationships aren't just there. They're not like a right. book on a shelf, <laughs> right? I married you, so you're done. Right. right. No, because, you know, how many people perk up? It can go either way. Perk up. When they notice their partner looking at another person, and kind of gone, ooh, baby, you know? And it's like, well, hey, you can go either way. It's like, hey, you know, stop that. Or it's like, oh, oh, we're missing that in our relationship. Mm. So, but it's understanding, like you're saying, it takes effort and work. It does to have a good relationship. Yeah, I think it's no different than a job. As bad as that may sound, it's like you have to show up every day. You have to put in the effort. I mean, if you want to have a long, long relationship, yeah, that's what it takes. If you don't have a short one, well... <laughs> that's another show that's another show there you go. I hope that helps you Lydia alright Eric do we have any another message yeah JT from o- Omaha says my wife always complains about being unhappy with her job and wanting to do something different no matter how much I try to motivate or support her in trying something new she never does uh, does she just want to complain or is she being complacent yes Yes. <laughs> yes, to both. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. I mean, you know, it's interesting because some people are really motivated to learn and grow. Mm-hmm. And and then we're also lear- we're motivated to learn and grow in certain areas. Like right. not everybody wants to learn and grow in every area. And trying to do that at the same time is really challenging. That's a so lot. I think you have to also take a step back and decide, like, is your wife learning and growing in other areas mm-hmm. and is it something that she's capable of doing and she's excited about and this is just a really challenging area for her and is it okay if in this one area she never she never really you know does go after what she wants yeah. uh, because I you know it's like we got we also have to be loving and supportive and and understand that we're all human right and so it's kind of like a give and take Mm-hmm. And so I do want to, like, I definitely think you need to support your partner. You need to motivate your partner. You also need to look at, like, the whole spectrum of all the things that are happening in their lives. And it's like, when are you going to push on something that's, like, how critical is this for you? Mm-hmm. You know? And maybe you just need to just listen. Yeah. <laughs> and stop worrying about them never really making an effort in this area. Because maybe it's just not that important of an area versus the way that you get along. Right? Mm. 
Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Or communicating maybe why are you so afraid of making this change? Right? Well, yeah. what comes up for me with this one is why is she unhappy? You went back to the, goes back to the root cause. Mm-hmm. You know, because when, if she was happy and now she's not, she's complaining more. Okay. There's a shift somewhere. What changed? What changed? Yeah. And the other part I wanted to say too is it's not our job to motivate all the time. No. We have to, you go back to the consequences. If I'm unhappy, I need to get some help mm-hmm. to figure out why. So like you, Sukura, said too, therapy. Is it is it time to do that? So I, I'm all about, like you, communication. Right. So asking, saying, hey, I noticed this. I'm trying to motivate you and it doesn't seem to work. Can you help me understand right. what's going on with you? Is it the relationship? Is it job? Is it your life? Because it could be her just personally as a woman. We go through so many changes, perimenopause, all mm-hmm. of that. So that can cause us to be unhappy, right? No. In certain <laughs> in certain things. So right. it's like stepping back a little bit, not taking it on totally. Like I motivate, motivate, motivate mm-hmm. and go, hey, honey, what's going on? Because there's nothing else that a woman really likes than to be heard. Yeah. Well, I, I really like this whole, what do you want from me? What do you want? Yeah. Right? Maybe mm-hmm. she doesn't want you to solve the problem. Right. Maybe she just wants to be heard, like yeah. you said, to complain, and that's enough. Exactly. It's okay. And can you do that and be okay with mm-hmm. her, her being unhappy? I mean, so many people are not happy with their jobs. This is not like an uncommon thing, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And we go through these spectrums of I'm happy and I'm unhappy and I'm happy right. and I'm unhappy. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess you're right. The question is, are you truly unhappy? Do you really want to make a change? How could I help you? Right. And or what, what kind of help? Yeah. Yeah. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Like you said, yeah. 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 Hope that helps you. All right. Let's go back to our messages. Eric? Yeah. Uh, Louie from Durango says, I've worked really hard in the last couple of years to write and publish my first book, get a promotion at work, and fight cancer. And now I'm doing nothing and feeling rather lazy. Is this complacency? Well, kudos to you, Louie. Kudos. That's a lot. That is a lot. And I can relate, not the cancer part, but just being in remission from Pemphigus, also publishing my first book chapter, buying a home, getting married, sending my kiddo off to college, (laughs) you name it. And then it came to spring this year, and I felt like I was doing absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. And even though I still have more goals on my plate and I'm still doing things, actually doing a lot of things, but I realize that this doing nothing is just really rest and that you need rest. Rest is required for self-growth. You cannot pour from an empty cup. And so I say that this is well-deserved rest for you, Louie. You should bask in it. You deserve it. And remember, too, you know, a lot of times we send a mixed message to the universe and say that, you know, you're not grateful for the success that you have, mm. that you've gained. And then you, therefore, the universe thinks you don't need any more of it. So remember that, too. <laughs> but I say bask in it and rest, relax. You deserve it. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, what came to mind for me. You said it beautifully. And I love that rest is required, you know, for self-growth. And because what was coming to me was integration. Yeah. And an integration period. Because I forget that when I've had these successes, there is a time for, whoo, okay, let let that land. Mm-hmm. Not to get complacent, though. Be aware of that. But but do take a little rest period and then say, okay, now how can I move forward? Because um, it's time for internal reflection, like which direction do I want to go? And if you do that more actively with awareness, right. then it's not so much complacency. But the other thing I was going to say, too, is... Where does that lazy word come from? Yeah, it's our limiting Who's, beliefs, right? Right? Whose mm-hmm. voice is that in our head? Is it our own? Because I have that too. When I had to slow down and not do so much, um, even though I was doing a lot, I still felt that was what I said. I'm being lazy. Mm-hmm. And it's like because I was so used to do, 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 right. do. And you're raised that way. Raised so that way. Society you. feeds that, <laughs> totally. right? You, you get mm-hmm. kudos the more you do, right. the faster you do it. Mm-hmm. And so I've been programmed. So I really had to look at the definition of lazy. Whose voice is it? Where does it come from? Is it me? I can do something about that. If it's coming from outside of me, I got to kind of shut that off and look at what does that mean for me? Mm-hmm. 
Rory? No, I 100% agree. I think that you really have to question why you're uncomfortable with doing nothing. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, are you only happy when you're achieving? Mm-hmm. And then what does that mean? And is it really nothing? Like Brenda was saying, I think rest is really transformative. Yeah. You were saying. I've learned that. And it, it was a hard one to learn, but, but I've learned that. And now I'm allowing for that. Well, yeah. Isn't it interesting if we can't enjoy rest? <laughs> Yeah. Like, doesn't that sound just backwards? <laughs> we just beat ourselves up all yeah. the time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, exactly. So I well, think it has to be a balance. Yeah. yeah. I hope that helps you, Louie. All right. And with that, we're going to take another break. But everyone stick around for more of the Conscious Coaching Hour. The passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging, but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space, compassion, and especially someone who works across the veil. Allow Sakura Sutter, multidimensional channeler and intuitive medium, to be your spiritual guide with the other side. No matter if you choose to communicate with your transitioned loved ones to help you with the grieving process, or connect with spiritual, galactic, and other light beings to explore and dive in more on your spiritual path, Sakura can assist you. Not only does Sakura channel insightful messages, but she also incorporates her metaphysical tools to help you move through blocks and unprocessed emotions and feelings, providing you with a closure, relief, and new mindset to move forward. So don't hesitate to take your first step towards healing so you can start living your life once again. Remote sessions available. Contact Sakura at sakurasutter.com. That's S-A-K-U-R-A-S-U-T-T-E-R. A health crisis is one of the most challenging situations we will experience in our lifetime. It leaves us frightened, confused, and asking, why did this happen to me? Transformational coach Rory Reich experienced his healing crisis when the life he had so carefully constructed came crumbling down around him. The universe had offered him a challenge. He chose to accept it and to rediscover who he was before it was too late. In his book, Transform Yourself Through Disease, Rory shares his personal journey alongside eight practical steps to help those who are stuck realize their self-impairing beliefs and discover ways of transforming them so they can reclaim their health and create the life of their dreams. Don't let your health crisis define you. Take the next step and transform yourself today. For a free life coaching consultation, contact Rory at RoryReich.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-E-I-C-H.com. Hypnotherapy helps you discover and explore deep, sustainable life changes. Let Sakura guide your communication with your unconscious mind. Rid yourself of negative behaviors, fears, pains, and emotions. Weight loss, smoking, childhood drama, chronic pain, and much more can be addressed. Begin healing now. Learn more. SakuraSkinAndMind.com S-A-K-U-R-A SkinAndMind.com Bring out the healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. Welcome back to Love from the Hip presents the Conscious Coaching Hour. I'm intuitive medium, spiritual coach, and your host, Sakura Sutter. I am also the host of Love from the Hip. And I am forgiveness coach, author, and your host, Brenda Reese. And I'm transformational coach, author, and your host, Roy Reich. Be sure to check us out on Sundays at 9 a.m. Pacific time on Timber Country, Country and 9 p.m. South African time on Cape Town Zone Radio 88.5 FM. It's time for Sakura's Spiritual Sense. Thank you, Eric. All right. So today, I'm going to be pulling a card from the Literary Witches Oracle Card Deck by Tasia Kataisky. And the card I pulled is... Book. <laughs> <laughs> and it has a book. So Tasia says that the book card is one of revelation hope, and also ignorance. So the message, messages that I'm getting are, when was the last time you read a book from beginning to end with simply the intention of gaining new knowledge and or perspective for you and not because you had to? Unfortunately, we live in a world of instant gratification with knowledge so readily available and accessible on the internet. And complacency has given many of us a smug attitude that we don't need to gain new knowledge nor do anything outside of what is expected of us on a day-to-day basis. Also, the long roads filled with lessons and opportunities are no longer being taken. Patience has become a thing of the past, and our gratitude has suffered because of it. Spirit is encouraging each and every one of you to read a book, preferably one made of paper. 
squash ignorance with wisdom, insight, and ultimately start creating a new mindset. Uh, I like that. And I, I have so many books on my nightstand that are not completed. No. They're all started in different, <laughs> but yeah. Tamara Fleming would have something to say about that. She would. <laughs> yeah. Listening to you talk about that, again, it makes me think of this whole idea of slowing down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, we're just so unaccustomed to slowing down anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And that instant gratification. You and got and seeking out the information, right? The old school way. I think it's also just the technology overwhelm of always, you know, phones and always having something to look at and beeping and like mm-hmm. our attention span has just changed. I call yeah. it the microwave mentality. Look yeah. at our kids. Yeah, yeah, I think it's changing that your nervous system. It the is. Way that you, yeah, anyways, we could go on and on. Yes, another show. <laughs> yes. All right. Brenda brings it back around. So I really liked when you talked in the intro about the internal and external locus of control, Sakura. That really stuck with me. Because in the forgiveness work, it relates to looking at life as happening to you versus for you, meaning you can blame life for doing you wrong, or that people treat you badly, which is the external locus and the happening to you part. Or you can look at it as how can I change my behavior or attitude towards life by taking responsibility for myself, which is the internal locus and the happening for you part. You also mentioned about people who have more of an external locus of control tend to be kind of depressed because they feel they don't have control over their destiny or really anything, (laughs) that victimization. There is a control, influence, accept model developed by Neil and Sue Thompson that helps people, especially who are feeling depressed, to take a different look at their approach to situation or events. A loss of control and indecision are two issues that individuals with depression can face, and this model can help them to determine a response and the aspects that they can control. So here are the steps to take. Step one. Write out the situation or event that's bothersome to you or that you feel overwhelmed by. So just write it all out. Step two, make a bullet point list of what can I control. So what can I control looks like your behavior surrounding the event, what you, how you feel when you complete certain tasks, and your approach to certain tasks or situations. Step three, make a bullet point list of what can I influence. Now, the influence is how you respond to an event or your response to others. This is influence, knowing how to turn or who to turn for help or advice. And step four, make a bullet point list of what do I need to accept? This one's harder um, because we can't, we need to learn to accept other people's responses or decisions and also the ever-changing world around us. So what do we need to accept in those? If we believe in our power to control our life, we will be able to take more chances and feel more confident. You can call it a mindset shift or a shift in perception. Either way, it can help us to feel more in control of our present and our future. I love that. Which of the steps, Brenda, do you think is the most difficult? Uh, The acceptance. Yeah, why? Well, because it's really hard, right? (laughs) It's really hard to accept other people's behavior based on my filter. It's hard to accept that other people don't think like me. Mm-hmm. or act like me um, because I'm always trying to fit in, right, if I'm a people pleaser. So that acceptance piece, I always remind people, remember, acceptance is not agreement. I like that. Yeah, I have to <laughs> remind myself all the time. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Here's Rory's Reflections. Complacency contains an ingredient of getting too comfortable. But is that a bad thing? We all seek some level of comfort and safety, and most of us would love to avoid a life of constant stress and worry. Complacency, though, is a bit different and becomes an issue in our lives when we have goals or things of value that we've obtained and we stop making an effort towards them or to keep them. It is totally fine to live a simple life, to choose a life where you don't intend to run the rat race or challenge yourself to learn and grow on a daily basis. But if these things are important to you, and you think they're necessary ingredients for happiness and fulfillment, then complacency is something to look out for. We all deserve a break. We all need moments of downtime, and life is a marathon, not a sprint. So please, cherish those moments that are required to recharge, rest, and recoup. But remember, gardens need to be tended, and important relationships in your life, your career, and things of importance need constant maintenance, constant attention, and constant love. 
I love that. I really like the garden. Yeah, I was just thinking my garden needs to be tended to. Yeah, mine too. I've got weeds. <laughs> and we have a whole bunch of gardens. <laughs> we do. In every area of our life. Well, I know. I liked how you wrapped that up. So when you were saying what you said, Roy, do you think complacency then is just another way for us to slow everything down? I mean, no, I, I, I think of it as not the most positive word, right? Mm-hmm. I, but I, I also don't think of it as a completely negative word. I just think mm-hmm. of it as something that happens in our lives. And I think of it happening for lots of different reasons. But for me, like I said, stress, feeling stuck, feeling overwhelmed. Yeah. And so I think it's just a natural part of life that we have to be able to deal with. Yeah, I like that. I agree. Yeah, I was reading an article really quick. The military veterans were recalling that they had complacency kills spray painted on these concrete blocks in Iraq. Oh, my gosh. And they're just reminders to not let their guard down or to get lazy. But even in, you know, they were talking more about the PTSD and safety behaviors, right? And those safety behaviors are things like putting your back to the wall, you know, in a restaurant or figuring out where all your exits are as you enter into a place. And while some of these serve to protect, they also can be quite harmful. So. Definitely talk about overwhelming your nervous system. Oh, my jeez. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all the time we have for today. We want to thank Eric, our amazing producer, KKNW, Timber Country, Cape Town Zone Radio, and you, the listener. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share our podcast, The Conscious Coaching Hour, which you can find under Love from the Hip. That's HYP, anywhere you can find podcasts. And what are we talking about on our next show? On our next show, we'll be discussing the topic of family dynamics. How do they play a role in our lives, and how do we navigate them through the holidays? Watch out. I know. It's coming up. (laughs) Love the show? Have a question you would like us to answer on the air? Follow us, like us, and message us on Instagram or Facebook at Love from the Hip. That's H-Y-P. You can find me at SakuraSutter.com. You can find me at RoryReich.com. You can find me at BrendaReeseCoaching.com. Tune in every month on Wednesdays from 2 to 3 p.m. on AM 1150 KKNW and Sundays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on Timber Country and 9 p.m. South African Time on Cape Town's 88.5 FM for more of the Conscious Coaching Hour. Where we help you awaken your intuition and inner coach so you can live your best life. A health crisis is one of the most challenging situations we will experience in our lifetime. It leaves us frightened, confused, and asking, why did this happen to me? Transformational coach Rory Reich experienced his healing crisis when the life he had so carefully constructed came crumbling down around him. The universe had offered him a challenge. He chose to accept it and to rediscover who he was before it was too late. In his book, Transform Yourself Through Disease, Rory shares his personal journey alongside eight practical steps to help those who are stuck realize their self-impairing beliefs and discover ways of transforming them so they can reclaim their health and create the life of their dreams. Don't let your health crisis define you. Take the next step and transform yourself today. For a free life coaching consultation, contact Rory at RoryReich.com. That's R-O-R-Y. R-E-I-C-H dot com.